1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic crash out of the Champions League at home to Cluj Stephen Gerrard says it's a lesson to Rangers As they prepare for Mitchelland And Aberdeen will have to turn around a two goal deficit Without Sam Cosgrove I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Yeah and it'll be the aftermath of Celtic's um, defeat last night to Cluj They're out of the Champions League £30 million down the drain And it will be an interesting reaction tonight From the Celtic supporters um, Gordon And tomorrow night Of course we've got Aberdeen Can they come back from two goals down And Rangers Without taking too much for granted You'd expect them to be over the line After their good away win in Denmark last week Yeah I mean Absolutely You know Devastating for, for Celtic I think to, Particularly after having such a terrific result In Cluj at 1-1 Made them huge favourites And I think everyone thought Including myself Thought they would go through So it's a big blow for Celtic And for Scottish football I think Aberdeen are on the back foot Particularly without Sam Cosgrove um, they don't seem to have another natural goal scorer other than him and having to fight back from a 2 nothing deficit I think is really going to be tough for them And but hopefully they can they can have a fantastic night up at Pataudry and Rangers as, as we've said an outstanding result over in Mitchelland 4-2 up hopefully <laughs> uh, like uh, we, we, we expect the Celtic to go we'll go through 0141-951-1025 that is the number you need tonight Twitter is at Clyde SSB and Mark Guidi you would expect a lot of Different reactions to, to that Celtic defeat last night Because everyone's in the firing line Certain players The management The board Anyone else you care to involve uh, Clearly a lot has to go wrong For your Champions League hopes To end the way they did Yeah I mean I, I think we could We could do six hours tonight No problem um, Gordon And we still wouldn't um, Get through it But for me Just uh, uh, One thing Bigger picture Without dissecting um, Last night But bigger picture For a club like Celtic for me it goes to show how important the January transfer window is because your January transfer window prepares you for what's coming in July and August which is trying to get 30 million quid granted the transfer window for me in July and August is too late in many ways so as much as they say that January is a difficult window and we all accept that if you look at Celtic all their signs in January were loan deals now that could have been the board saying well we know that Brendan's trying to work his ticket and we're going to you know whatever we dress up but moving forward I think the January window for our clubs, bearing in mind how early the qualifiers are, but when there's 30 million quid at stake, the January window for me, now on reflection for what's happened to Celtic the past two years, is every bit as important as the August window. Jim Duffy, as Mark Guidi says, there's a few different ways of coming at this. You've got bigger picture, which he covers off, and then you've got on the night. Actually, in a strange way, a lot went well for Celtic on the night, middle to front. That doesn't really matter when you defend the way they did. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, particularly at home, you know, I think if you're lost away from home, you know, you, you know, sometimes these things happen. But at Celtic Park, on the back, as I said, a very positive result in Cluj, knowing the the opposition, and you know, a, well, Celtic lost similar goals to, to the the goal at Cluj counter attack, and, and Neil Lennon, you know, alluded to that after the game as well in his in the interview. So it's not as if you were caught by surprise. I think every time we, you know, we talk on these programmes about European football, everyone always talks about the counter attack. Mm. So it's something that's been there for decades, probably. You know, the the the, the continent opposition are not feared by going to, uh, you know, and sitting in and absorbing pressure and then being really, really 
uh, positive uh, on the counter-attack. And, and I think that's what happened again. So I think you can't say Celtic were naive. You can't say that, you know, they didn't have enough experience in the team. They had all of these things. They had enough qualities, as we've seen, by scoring three goals. Yeah. And if you score three goals in any game... You should be. That should entail you to win the match. Well, Neil, let me. Sorry, I'm just going to say I'll nail my colours to my straight away. Count me out of the Neil Lennon wrong. You know his tactical decisions, playing Callum McGregor. He had to do something in the left back area. He couldn't go with Ball and Golly. He couldn't trust them. And the fact he didn't select and select them goes to show that. But count me out of this. Neil Lennon's to blame. I'm not having that. I've actually a lot of sympathy for for Neil Lennon today. Well, Neil Lennon's blaming the first half performance for the loss to Clues. He says they wasted 45 minutes with a passive display. He thinks they would have progressed if they'd played the full game like the second half, but says they shot themselves in the foot with the goals that they conceded. Well, the first half, we were so passive. No tempo. Don't know where that came from. Weren't physical enough or aggressive enough. And um, we certainly didn't work hard enough to stop crosses, second balls, all the nuts and bolts of the game that you got to earn the right to play. We went out and tried to play from the off. And, um, you know, the first goal, we got a warning beforehand. You know, we didn't stop across and, and miss the header or post. And you think that's the warning that we get. And then we do the exact same thing again. So at half time, we got after them a little bit. We got the right response. But, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot, of, you know, with the goals we've conceded. You know, we had a. We had the lead twice and um, we've given it away. Second goal is an individual mistake. And the third goal, you know, we've got plenty of defenders back, but um, we just let the guy run off us and get a shot away. And we should have done better with the, the rebound. The fourth goal's academic because we're trying to throw everything at them to get an equaliser. But, um, you know, we had enough chances to win the game on its own. We've wasted 45 minutes tonight. You know, if we'd have played anywhere near as well in the first half as we did in the second half, we'd have been through. Stevie's and Bishop Briggs first up tonight on 01419511025. Stevie, how would you sum up how you're feeling at the moment? Well, put it this way, lads, I've calmed down a bit from when I was coming out of that stadium last night. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of Celtic supporters coming out there last night, and I'll tell you, a lot of them are not happy. And I'm going to tell you what I personally think. I've been on here before when Neil Lennon was interim manager. I told you he wasn't a Celtic man. I told you he wasn't going to take Celtic further in Europe. I then turned around and said to you and yourself, yourselves, OK, let's give him a chance. Watching that last night, Neil Lennon is not the manager for Celtic. I watched it and why he stuck with your man at left back when he can't, he's not a left back mid player. The whole stadium was talking about it and he wouldn't do nothing about it. You know what I mean? I don't know where he goes. And regarding this next tie in the Europa League, I'm sorry, lads. I can't see them qualifying for that either. And you know something? It wouldn't surprise me if they get put out it and they sit down and say, well, we'll just concentrate in the league. But Peter Lawwell, Dermot Desmond have to seriously look and say, if they want Celtic to go further in Europe, they need to look at the management. Stevie, you say you've calmed down a bit since last night. How were you feeling last night then? Take us back to then. What was on your mind when, when the full-time whistle went? It wasn't the full-time whistle, boys. It was when Celtic scored and you're sitting, you're jumping, you're, oh yes, we're going through. Five, ten minutes later, bang, they're scoring a goal. All of a sudden, they're going through. And Scott Brown, the penalty kick, that was absolute suicidal. Suicidal what he done. And as you're probably well aware, and a couple of guys sitting beside me said, can he believe he's taking Scott Brown off? I says, I'll tell you why he's taking Scott Brown off. Celtic are going out to the Champions League, boys. He leaves Scott Brown on to the end of this final whistle. What do you think that stadium's going to do? 
We're going to boo Scott Brown Isn't he? Aren't he? So that's why they took Scott Brown off I couldn't believe It was right underneath my nose I was sitting right behind that goal And I couldn't believe it when I seen it Honestly Blatant as blatant A handball is what there was Okay let's start trying to pick our way through it Jim Duffy Stevie says this is Backup if you like This endorses his previous opinion That Neil Lennon wasn't the man for the job yeah, it's always difficult because supporters are, you know, like Stevie, who go to all the games. Uh, you know, they they're much more entitled to the, the, their views than than what we suggest. Um, and Stevie's obviously not a fan, um, you know, of Neil Lennon being the Celtic manager. And again, perfectly entitled to have that. So it's difficult to, to argue against Stevie's case. The only thing I would say in terms of Scott Brown, for instance, I mean, listen, over the last ten years, he's made very, very few. If you want to call it crucial errors that have impacted any major games for Celtic, and I think he's been uh, superb. And I think it'd be a bit unfair just to, just to, last night, you know, to, for for all for all the work he's done over the years, um, just just for that to to be tainted. But in terms of um, going forward, um, you know, Celtic have got to then get in the Europa League. They've got to try and get through the next two ties. Um, but last night, as I said, we know it's, it, it was going to be painful. Um, we know there's going to be a reaction, and Stevie's reaction is that he believes that the board um, didn't select the right guy for the for the job. Um, listen, you know, Brendan Rodgers had poor results in in Europe. Um, so you know, if you want to call it having an elite manager without being disrespectful, doesn't it guarantee success in Europe? I think it was more painful because I think most of the Celtic fans, including Stevie, I think would have thought, listen, we've got one one away from home. We are more than good enough to win this tie. I'm a bit surprised as, you know, I get against Mark a little bit there about Callum McGregor being left back. I think, you know, whether it's volleyball and goalie or whether you put someone else in there, but I think the last time Callum McGregor was trying to left back was against Rangers and that that, that brought a, a, a bit of criticism as well. I think it was Brendan Rodgers manager at that time. So, I think that he's probably what, if not the best midfield player in the country, certainly one of the the top two or three over the last eighteen months. So I, th- I feel that one's a wee bit surprising, but it still shouldn't be the reason why Celtic go. Yeah, I, th- I think I don't think it's got a direct bearing on the result. Put it this way, I think if you take a poll, not with the benefit of hindsight, would you want? And I'm not trying to single out Ball and Golly, but would you want Ball and Golly starting last night on the evidence of previous couple of games? You'd probably say no. So you look, what's their options? What's their genuine options? They don't have another proper left back at the club, unless I'm mistaken, Gordon. So what are you looking at? And exactly for the reasons that, that Jim's mentioned, I'm sure that Neil Lennon would have discussed it with his backroom staff, his coaching staff, and thought, who can we trust? Who's a good pro? Who's not going to moan? Who's not going to just see us through it? And we've got Insham and Brown and Christie and all those guys middle to front. So just a, just a good professional to go and help us through this 90 minutes. I think that was the best option Available um, to him to go and uh, do that But in terms of him actually playing Callum McGregor Did the fact that Callum McGregor played at left back last night Put Celtic out of the Champions League? No, it didn't Stevie, what impact is this having on you then In terms of the way you feel about this season that's coming up? Well, I'm being honest with you lads I think what Celtic will need to do Or what they will do They'll concentrate on winning that league Because honestly I can't see them I can't see them getting into this Europa League don't be surprised next week, boys. I, I'm I'm prepared for it now. I'm prepared for them to be, either get a draw or get beaten and then go out in the Europa League on the return leg. Was it Celtic at That's home first? Stevie, is that right? Celtic at home first, then go to yes. probably going to be Stockholm a week on well, a week on Thursday, three days before they go to Ibrox. Is that right? 
I'm going to say something to you lads very quickly, right? Last night, sitting watching the game, I was speaking to a gentleman beside me, and we were talking about different things, and I turned around and I said to him, I said, you know something, one each away from home. I said, see if this was the other way around about. I said, in Celtic, the game was for Parkhead, and the away game, but this time, it's nothing. It's one nothing to them at this time, okay, the first half. I says, so reverse it. Celtic played the first leg, I says, and Celtic's going away. I says, See the way this mob's playing? I says, I could actually have seen they, see them winning this the night if they were playing in their own patch. And then uh, all of a sudden, as I say, lads, it was more the fact Celtic scoring. And you're saying, oh yes, we're going through. Five, ten minutes later, bang, they're scoring a goal. It was getting to the stage where it was a, a case of, wait a minute here, how many goals is this mob going to score? Yeah, clearly it was end-to-end stuff, wasn't it? Thanks, Stevie, in Bishop Briggs. John is a Celtic fan in Greenock. How are you feeling about oh, it all, John? Yeah, sick, mate. Sick, sick of the board for a start. See, see when Brendan Rodgers chucked up, I waited and I waited and I waited. Maybe we got an R marquee signing. It didn't happen. So we got Neil and we backed him to the hill. About 60,000 rolling in every second week. Now, but there's, a, there's a guy here you've got to look at. It's Peter Lawwell. Peter Lawwell promises a couple of marquee signings. See the last two seasons they've been out? In the exact same round He's cost this club £50 million pound. £50 million, Between 50 and £60 million Because he's not going to put his hands in his pocket And give, gain nearly funds As I say I don't want to be going to a game this Sunday It's going to If we get into the Europa League It's going to be uh, Thursday and Sunday We're going to get moved to the Sunday games It doesn't suit a lot of guys Have got to go for a pint And a, and a, a Saturday night We like a pint and a Saturday You've got to go to work on a Monday So as I say and for the for the, the the tactics last night with Neil Lennon, I think Neil Lennon must have got hunting heat yesterday. Who who signed Bobo Bali? Who signed him? And who signed the B- other big boy? John, it's a like, it's go a go great on. point you make, and I think that's where. Listen, first of all, I don't agree with you. You're saying Peter Lawwell's cost the club fifty million pounds. I don't agree with you. When when something who's bad, well, John, if you let me finish, when something bad goes wrong like last night. Then it's a collective thing And you look at it But to single out one guy I think is wrong But where the spotlight Should be signing For exactly the reasons You've said Ball and golly Who signed them And the centre half And I think the centre half Will, will come goodies In a bit of time But you can't actually Turn around and, and blame the board Because they've sanctioned 10 million pounds here So you're trusting Your scouting staff You're trusting your head Of recruitment So for me Again bigger picture The spotlight has got to fall on your scouting staff and your recruitment department because as I said in Saturday's programme and even last Wednesday night even though Celtic drew one each you could see the warning signs and I said to you Gordon and Jim mm. this is going to be a 3-2 or 4-3 there's going to be goals galore uh, in this tie is do Celtic have the best left back they can get? No they don't do they have the best goalkeeper they can get? No they don't they need to go and sign a goalkeeper before the end of the month as well middle to front yes they've got really really top players you won't get better than Forrest you won't get better than Edward McGregor etc etc but Celtic should not be settling for second best in the transfer market and it's got to come down to the spotlight should be on their, uh, their scouting department John, Neil Lennon chose or felt that he had to leave £10 million worth of defensive summer signings on the bench How does that fit in with your theory that he's not been backed? I think that's shocking That's like you getting a joiner you want a joiner in your house and you're going to call a plumber into the joiner's job it doesn't matter if the if boys the boys are a left back and there's a bit of centre half Surely they've got to be better McGregor McGregor got hung out of dry last night and that's what I'm saying Yeah but that, that's a different issue John You're saying you don't think Neil Lennon has been backed by the Celtic board 
But we're telling you There were £10 million Of defensive summer signings On the bench They need more than that mate you're they right, they do need more. You're right, they do. And they need a couple of more in the door. And I'm sure Neil Lennon would have liked a couple of more in by now. But there's, a, there's been a, a bit of a gamble taken. It was the same last summer, although it was all going pear shed with, with uh, Brendan Rogers and the board. And, and, and Brendan was made a bit of a scapegoat for what happened last summer. So when you look at it, um, I think Chris Sutton said it's been a long time come. But for me, I'll go back to my point. January. Is not Celtic need to be doing better in the transfer market in January? Jim, let's look closely mm. at this decision to start Callum McGregor at mm. left back. Neil Lennon doesn't think it affected the result. He says McGregor was moved there because he wanted to fit Cham into the side. Says it's a huge disappointment overall. Just to get on Cham in the midfield because he's been playing well, and um, you know just to have a couple of technicians in the in the field as well. I mean, Obali's been a bit sort of up and down with his form, so I don't think that really affected. You know, the, the result. I mean, he set up the first goal for Jamesy. Played very well. And Charm had a fine game as well. So, uh, the overall disappointment for me is the way we approached the first half. To be a goal down, having really created nothing, you know, and not really tested clues or, you know, set any sort of home tempo. We have to eradicate that. You know, we have to stop the, the slow play. We have to, you know, be a lot more aggressive with our play and a lot more purposeful with our passing going forward. We've got really good forward-thinking players who want to hurt teams and we didn't use them in the first half at all. Champions League group stages are obviously where everyone at this club wants to be. How disappointing is it? Hugely, you know, for us all as a collective. So we, we're going to have to accept the criticism that comes away, whether it be from the media or from our, our own supporters or elsewhere, and um, regroup and make sure that we qualify for the Europa League and make a, a strong claim in that. Right Jim how do we deal with this left back situation Because on Saturday we're getting inundated With Celtic callers having a go at Hugh Evans And saying you've got to give this guy time He'll come good You've got Neil Lennon who was unhappy um, About Bolingoli being singled out After the game at Fir Park mm-hmm. A massive Champions League qualifier comes around And then he, he doesn't play And he plays Callum McGregor instead Yeah listen we're always quick to judge here You know and I, and I, I always say You know when a player coming into this country Coming to a club the size of Celtic The expectations you know, it's, I do think it's unfair to just to criticise the, the the boy. You know what I mean? He's he's not been terrible. He's had one or two moments, um, but again, it takes time. He's played maybe a lot higher, maybe the previous club, and he's just got to get to know the balance and working with the Celtic, uh, the rest of the Celtic defenders and, and, and linking their midfield players. So I think he has been a bit of a, a scapegoat in the short time. But listen, Celtic scored he was at seven and then five at Motherwell and then three again last night. Scored away and away well, should have been a vital away goal in Cluj. So going forward, linking up the game, the one thing that Neil Lennon said there was that they've started a bit slowly in a couple of games. You know, they, they were a wee bit slower away at Cluj, obviously, and then even at Motherwell, you know, where they went a goal behind. Mm. Um, last night, goal behind. So that, that kind of starting point may be something to mm. think about. But in terms of moving one player Callum McGregor it's not perfect we know as I said before in my opinion he's one of the best midfield players if not the best in, in, in the country over the last season or two but it shouldn't have made that much of a difference as Mark has said it shouldn't have there are enough players enough quality but they made basic errors and you make basic errors at any level you're going to get punished Ryan Wisher is next up he's got some thoughts on Scott Brown and we'll bring you those after the travel with Amber 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan. And let me tell you, there is a lot of anger on Twitter tonight. I just took a look. Graham Bell says last night was a disaster. Neil picks the team. He got the tactics wrong. He should have played ball and golly and made Cham or McGregor support him. Let's be clear to play three at the back was diabolical. James Fleming says Lennon needs to go end of story. He has lost the fans. You can keep in touch at Clyde SSB on Twitter. It's 01419511025 on the phones. Let's get right back to it because Ryan is in Wisher. What did you make of it last night, Ryan? Hi there, Gordon. Good evening, Jim and Mark. Hope you're both well. Hi, Ryan. Um, well, first things first, before I even get on to Scott Brown, you know, there, there's a few things I want to raise. And the first thing is in relation to Scott Brain. Scott Bain isn't a first a first choice goalkeeper, uh, definitely not for Celtic. He was at fault at the weekend, and he was at fault last night, and uh, especially with regards to the penalty. And the penalty was nearly hot directly at him, and he couldn't save it. This this there seems to be a, a misconception that his distribution of the ball is very good. A lot of the times it's terrible, so I don't know why people think you know his distribu- distribution is very good. Celtic have now spent in excess of twelve million pounds in three defenders and one starts. You know, that to me, again, recruitment side of things, what is going on? Well we've spent seven million pounds in Julian in the biggest game of the season and he's on the bench. That to me is just unbelievable that we're in this position now and we've spent that amount of money on two defenders who currently at the moment Ball and golly, it looks like a poor man's Mark Wilson. So, you know, I don't know <laughs> where bad, right. there. Aye. Now, I mean, in regards to Scott Brown, in my opinion, Scott Brown needs to be used sparingly going forward. There's, a, there's been a lot of times over the years that he's getting away with bad performances. Last night, he was second to every ball. You know, the first goal that went in from them, he couldn't catch the man. And I'm just not sure how every time, every week, he's the first name in the team sheet. Um, it's quite surprising we, we play our most creative player at left back Again, just another bemusing decision I understand Mark was saying you know, Neil Lennon's tactics aren't to blame But for me, he's the man that picks the team Picks the tactics, the defending The game management, tactical approach was all wrong And we're now at a stage as Celtic fans We need to accept that we're no, no longer a Champions League team We're lucky if we're a Europa League team because this severe lack of investment in the sale of our best players time and time again, every season we go into these qualifiers and it's hope for the best. We don't bring in the players we need when we're going in at the start and again we're knocked out. And I think we've got a real struggle on our hands in relation to next week against uh, Stockholm. And then, you know, personally I think we're looking at another down-to-the-wire helicopter Sunday because Rangers are improving while Celtic again are just standing still. It's a fair point Ryan makes there Mark Where does this sense of Shock, catastrophe, disaster Come from When this will be The sick Out of the last six seasons Celtic have only been In the Champions League twice So when does it stop Becoming a shock When does it When does it stop Seeming like the end of the world And by the way That's not to To excuse Celtic Or, mm-hmm. or take anything away From their yeah. failings last night But two out of the last Six seasons You know that Yeah no, I, I, why, I, I, do, why, I do, why do we act as if it's a big surprise? Oh, I, I get it. I even remember one of the seasons they qualified when they were, they were really hanging on. It was a nail biter against uh, Hapoel Bersheva um, out in Israel. I remember one of the nights. Um, but what I would say is I remember Tony Mowbray's team got knocked out in a Champions League qualifier to Arsenal. So you see, you know what? 
that's that's fine. You accept that. But I don't think you accept getting knocked out of Clues or getting knocked out of AK Athens. Or that's where the shortcomings are. Mar- 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 would be the four from no, the last six you years. You don't, albeit it was during Ronnie Dialis' time, and the warning signs were there pretty much from, from day one. But when you go back to Brendan Rogers losing uh, last summer and then Neil Lennon going at, at this summer at the same time, I think they're, they're, the Celtic supporters are right to say, no, that shouldn't be happening. They're mm. absolutely right to say that shouldn't um, be happening. Um, on on the, the Kieran Tierney thing that Ryan mentioned I absolutely wouldn't blame Celtic For the Kieran Tierney situation I said in this programme for a number of months They've got a problem to solve there Because And I'm not having a go at Kieran Tierney either But it was all instigated by Kieran Tierney And his camp It wasn't Celtic pushing the player out the door They were, they were told a few months ago that this was coming So you can't blame Celtic for that Because the player wanted to go and try something different And he was quite right to do so And Celtic got 25 million quid for it but I, I I totally accept Celtic fans being angry about last night. And for me, it's time for Celtic as a football club, as a business. And I'm not taking it away from them, treble trebles and all that, but looking at a bigger picture, just a wee bit more organisation, a wee bit more forward planning, I think it's required. Because sometimes it just looks as though it's, it's just a wee bit too much for these big games, not domestically. It's a wee, t- a wee bit too much kind of flying by the seat of the pants. Right. I would just want to add to that, Mark, in relation to Kieran Tierney. Well, if, if they've knew that Kieran Tierney's been going for a while, and let's be honest, everybody knew that Arsenal were going to come back in and get Kieran Tierney in the end. They were just trying to haggle, as they do with most deals, the same way Celtic do. Now, if that was the case, why then is it taking a couple of months and the only recruitment we could get is ball and goalie? That, to me, is not good enough. 3.5 million, he's sitting on the bench in the most important game of the season. Neil Lennon was defending him over the weekend, but then drops him for this game. So it doesn't make sense that the new Kieran Tierney was going, but they don't have replacements. And what is the, the recruitment department doing then? Because surely they should have identified a replacement for Tierney, knowing that he was going to go. This just sums up the depths of the disappointment from Ryan, Jim, mm-hmm. because we've got the recruitment and we've got the new guys that have come in, but we've got existing guys, guys mm-hmm. who've been there, seen it, done it, won a lot for Celtic. Scott mm-hmm. Brown, for instance, mm-hmm. coming into the, the spotlight tonight. What, what do you make mm-hmm. of his part in it? I know you said you would be reluctant to pin it all on him. Of yeah. course you don't. Um, but were the signs worrying from, from him last night? I don't think they're worrying It's a poor game And you can have a poor game At any level And I remember last year I think it was the Rangers game that uh, the, Just before the turn of the year 2-0 yeah. yeah. I think it was But anyway It was 1-0 yeah. Anyway one, But but a lot of people then Oh Scott Brown He's done He's finished etc But you know You can have a bad game I always say if, When you get to your 30s And you have a bad game People think you're done If you have a bad game In your 20s People just put down A bad game <laughs> So you know, there is definitely more to come from Scott Brown But I agree with, with Ryan in some aspect I don't think he'll be number one on the team sheet every yeah. week I think he will at times be rested But I, I just think, he, you know, he, he didn't have a great game last night And he made a, he made a crucial error uh, but, but Celtic did find a replacement for Kieran Tierney It was volleyball and golly They paid three over £3 million for him so that that's I mean that, that's what I don't get. I kept you know reading and hearing oh they're going to sign another left back. I said wait a minute, you paid three million for a left back. They knew Kieran Tierney was going, but and with Mark, I think a very similar situation happened the previous year with Brendan Rodgers. Obviously, we're not going back to the John again, but in terms of recruitment, just regardless of the players, it has to be done earlier. And that I think that's the thing. And Neil Lennon was actually last week before the game saying, listen, I want another four or five players possibly. Yeah. So why are these guys not in now? Because if you get them in earlier, then they're bedded in for the Champions League because, again, no disrespect to the rest of Scottish football, 
Celtic can win most games with the current uh, the crop of players that they had. They needed better to get into the Champions League. And unfortunately, that's too late. And here's the next knock-on effect, Mark Guidi. Yes, you don't have the prestige of the Champions League. You don't have the money that the Champions League brings you. Yeah. How much will it impact Celtic's recruitment between now and the end of the window? Because two days ago, you were selling a Champions League club, potentially, to a player. Mm-hmm. And now you're not. You might not even be selling them a Europa League club at the moment. Yeah, well, they've still got to go out and try, like I said, get the best they possibly can get. They shouldn't be using it as an excuse. You know, it may come to a player might still say, you know, I don't want it now because I'm not in the cha- you're not going to play in the Champions League. But I, I think that uh, you know players will want to come and showcase themselves in the Champions League and use Celtic as a stepping stone, and that's fine. But uh, I think if they still want to come, then Celtic should still be looking at the same players that, that are on the list and also still offering the same wages because there's still money there. It's just unfortunate for Celtic that um, Kieran Tierney money now becomes your Champions League money, just as it was with Dembele last season. The Dembele money becomes so they've lost 60 million quid. Uh, in the past two summers Which is a real sore one But they still need to play, bring players in And as much as we all agree They're fantastic And they've got great mm. options Middle to front They're light in other areas Because Gordon you'll probably know better than me But I mean, they've lost 11-12 players since the end of the season And only brought in four That's why Neil Lennon said He needs another four players And he needs a goalkeeper I suppose this is what I meant though When I asked about it Seeming to be a, you know, a shock or a surprise you, you talk about Celtic in terms of having lost 60 million Why, why do we consider that money as being banked in the first place? Because shouldn't be losing the, the opposition but, that they've lost re- Recent history tells you Celtic's chances of making the Champions League aren't good No, but let us say you, They should not be settling for losing to AK Athens or Clues last night They absolutely should not Thomas and Rob Royston, what's your take on it? Good evening lads, okay, yeah Yes Thomas. The question I like to ask the guys is that decision that Neil Lennon made last night, bowling goalie, left back, don't play him, play Callum McGregor there. What's that going to do for that boy's confidence now for the rest of the season? Surely he should have started with that boy, and if it didn't work, then he could have made the adjustment during the game. I don't buy into it, see they had to get a play there from in Sham. I don't believe in that. I think he just had no confidence in the boys, but how's that going to go for him for the rest of the season now, boys? Jim, will that have an impact, yeah. do you think, on Bolingoli going forward? He's trying to settle in, he's probably aware that he's not hit the ground running and then he gets left out of a massive game. It may have a little bit of an impact on him because uh, but I'm, I'm guessing that Neil Lennon would have would have spoken to the boy, explained to him that, listen, it's a, you know, you, you're going to take time to settle in, you know, don't get too concerned about it, you, you know, you are still an, you know, an important part of the club going forward, his plans going forward. But it does take time and maybe he just felt that that game last night was a too big a risk for him. Uh, but for, for me, as I said, he's he's more a, a natural left back. But if, listen, if Bollingoli would have played last night and made any kind of error, any, if he'd have made a summer head to Scott Brown or anyone else, I think he would have been really struggling to, to get the faith of the Celtic fans back again. The fact that he didn't play last night has actually maybe helped him in some ways just as a person because he's not responsible ultimately for, for such a poor result. So, you know, for him going forward, I think he, he still will be a very um, important player for Celtic. If you look at him as he's attacking, it's the way Celtic play for the vast majority of domestic games. But in Europe, Neil Manning made a, a big call last night. There's no doubt about it, it's a big call. And when you get a poor result, then mm. you get the fans on as we've had tonight. Who you know will question that that call, you know, and that's that's the nature of being a Celtic manager. Anything you do, uh, you, you do is going to be you know out there for scrutiny. Uh, Thomas, everyone's been getting it tonight. Some of the players, Neil Lennon, the Celtic board. Who would you have the most disappointment in, if you like, after last night? 
I would blame the manager, eh, Gordon, because the simple fact is they tried that tactic before against the Rangers and it didn't work. So surely they must have known it. That Callum McGregor's absolutely wasted at left back. He's one of the most forward-thinking players we've got at Parkhead at the moment. He's not a defender. The boy's not a defender. He's like a fish out of water playing at the back there, Gordon, you know. So, eh, but, did, but Thomas, the, 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 the fundamental question on that point is, did the decision to play Callum McGregor at left back cost Celtic the tie last night? And there's only one answer to that. No, it didn't. It didn't cost Celtic the tie. How can you say that? Because it didn't. I'm saying it because it didn't. No, but it but it wasn't. Did it cost? Did it cost? Listen, it's a convenient thing to look at, and yeah, it's there and it's not ideal. But you say, oh, you know, ball and goalie. What's that going to do for these conscious? With the greatest respect to ball and goalie or any other footballer, it's not about an individual. Not on a night like last night. The manager and his coaching staff. Do what they think is the best thing to get a result And if that knocks Ball and Golly's confidence for a couple of weeks Then so be it Like I say there was a trust there in, in Cal McGregor We know he's not a left back But he was the next available Or he was the best option In terms of Celtic manager to use last night And I'll go back to the key point Did he cost Celtic the tie last night? No he didn't Jamie in Perth what's your take on it? Hi there, hi panel Hi, Jamie. Um, uh, just, uh, before I make my point, just follow up, uh, I can agree exactly with what uh, Mr. Gray was just saying there. It wasn't individuals, uh, I think Neil Lennon even said it himself, did he not say it was a collective failure last night? And that's what it is, you know, it's a team game, they all passed the ball, but it wasn't really down to McGregor hogging the ball on uh, the left wing where he shouldn't have been. But uh, that's not the point I called to make. Uh, a couple of points, it was really just on the performance last night. Um, a second point, I'll come to that in a second, about the goalkeeper. Uh, I think it's. I mean, like, I don't think it's the shock. I think you mentioned earlier, Gordon. It was the shock of getting beat. I don't think it's that. Uh, I think over the years, especially the past ten, twenty years, I've never, I've never kind of went into a European game, especially a game for Celtic against one of the, what you could call the former Eastern Bloc or them type of countries, because they're always ones to watch. They've got good players. They they come into the game to try and win. And I think what we've got to do as Celtic fans is for a number of years, I, I think the Champions League has been nice to get into. Yeah, playing with the big boys and stuff, but we're, we're never going to go anywhere with that. We are a Europa League team. And I think it's more annoyance for Celtic fans that we keep slipping on this rung of the ladder getting into the Champions League. And to be perfectly honest, it's going to get harder and harder to get into. I think what Celtic's suffering from is probably what uh, a lot of, you know, the, the teams below Celtic and Rangers suffer from that huge gap in financing. And then when we get into these Champions League qualifiers, or even the Champions League, because I'm not, really, not even going to see the qualifiers, when we get to the Champions League, we face that. So I think it's a bit of realism uh, is needed that we are a Europa League team. Uh, I don't think we'll be a, a Champions League contender. Uh, I think basically all Celtic could hope for is being in the group stages and making the money from it and uh, that was my first point just to see what you thought Tell you what Jamie just because we're a bit short on time I'm keen to hear your thoughts on the goalkeeping situation so move straight on to that if you don't mind Right okay I think you know they're talking about Bain there and there's also Gordon who's been missing I don't think any of them's answered I've seen there's bits of them that I don't like uh, in both of them uh, but what I was going to come on here can I think and forward am I right in saying that Fraser Foster's available Well he's miles uh, out of the picture if that's what you mean Is he? Yeah, he's nowhere near the, the, the squad down there, that's for sure. It's a good shout, Jamie. It's a good shout. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking because, you know, the last time I ever felt confident in Europe at the back was when he was in goals. And it wasn't just because of the one or two games where he had amazing saves. The, the boy was a tank in goals, and I think we should be looking 
to someone like that, who I think is a lot better than than what we've got at the moment, because we need to we need to think forward and start changing who's between the sticks, basically. I've been saying for a number of weeks. I think that Celtic should be looking at the goalkeeping position, and and I think they probably they probably are. But um, I think sometimes people still underestimate the importance of having a good goalkeeper. And right, you you mentioned Fraser Forster, and there was Arthur Boric and, and Craig Gordon his first year or two at the club. To let me cite the most recent example for me was Rangers last season. And Alan McGregor for me in the first half of the season was the player in the the player of the country by a mile because he made three cracking saves every game in Europe and domestically. He almost single handedly got Rangers into the Europa League through the qualifiers. And then with the greatest respect to some of the guys in front of him, he was covering up a multitude of sins of the guys because he was getting out my whole week after week after week. So you shouldn't underestimate the importance of a goalkeeper. I think Scott Bain is decent, but I'll go back to my original point. Is he the best that Celtic can get? No, I don't think he is. Thanks to me in Perth, Stephen Gerrard has given his opinion on Celtic's European exit. We'll hear from the Rangers manager after these. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here. Give us a call or tweet us at Clyde SSB. So much reaction coming into Celtic's defeat against Cluj last night on Twitter. Chris W says Celtic have been put out by uh, two years in a row by teams with significantly smaller transfer and wage budgets, have spent more bringing players in, so surely recruitment and not the lack of spending is the issue. And uh, G Kearney says Callum McGregor at left back Did cost us I watched Cluj time and time again Go down that wing They saw the weakness And exploited it It contributed to their Growing confidence Or dropping confidence And ultimately Their win uh, Jim Duffy I'm not By any means Trying to paint Cluj out To be this brilliant team mm. uh, You know who Who Celtic would have struggled to beat Perhaps certainly early on they shocked a few people in and around Celtic Park. They really came at Celtic with a with an intensity that that maybe some people weren't expecting. Yeah, but I think that uh, as I said before, I think that you know continental teams in general, you know that the, the you know a certain level anyway. And let's not forget, Clues have been in the Champions League and played against some big teams, you know, a couple of years ago. So. I think that um, their mentality was let's let's go for it, you know, let's have a go, and and they knew that if they get at least one goal, you know, it makes a tie a lot more difficult and also puts a little bit of pressure on Celtic. And so far domestically this season, Celtic haven't had any pressure on because they've won all the games comfortably. So I I think that um, you have to credit Clues for their approach to the game. They weren't a negative. They didn't sit in and keep and try and keep it tight and try and nick one. They really went for Celtic, and maybe that caught Celtic by surprise. But um, you know, I think that the you know that there's something that we we keep seeing here all the time. We 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 love a a, a budget uh, argument here. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Oh, the budget, the budget. And I get it, all levels and level I'm at, and, and including all the way through. But in the last couple of years, I don't think Celtic could complain about their budget in comparison to the no. teams they've played. And if we look again, right at the top level, last year. Ajax getting to the, the semi-final and their, their budget and all these kind of stuff so I think we've got to stop looking at that a little bit I think it's about the quality of players and also you know about the performance on the night Stephen agrees with you Stephen's on Twitter he says Celtic have a higher budget and salary bracket than all the teams that have dumped us out of European qualifiers Champions League Maribor, Malmo, AEK, Cluj it was reported last night Celtic's wage bill is higher than the entire Romanian top league Combined. Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard. He says Celtic's Champions League exit should be a warning to his Rangers side. 4 2, of course, up against Mitchelland ahead of tomorrow night's second leg. Gerrard says they need to be wary of the threat. It's certainly going to be detrimental because obviously uh, all the Scottish teams 
need to do as well as we can to improve the coefficient uh, to try and give ourselves an advantage in these European competitions. So from that aspect, it's very disappointing. Um, but for me, I'm the manager of Glasgow Rangers and um, my focus is on us and the challenges that face us. But I think what it showed last night is um, European ties are never over, even when you get a positive result in, in the first leg. And um, some of these teams that people don't know much about, Cluj from Romania, for example, Michelin from Denmark, um, they carry a huge threat. And um, they're so desperate for financial reasons to progress in Europe, like most of us. So um, my players need to take note of last night and make sure that we try and uh, deal with our, our second, second leg much better. Rangers manager Stephen Gerrard there Andrew is a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld So give us this from a Rangers fan's perspective Andrew Good evening panel um, I just want to go back to a point I made at the end of last season When uh, Brendan Rodgers left Celtic And um, I said if they brought Neil Lennon in as manager It could be nothing but a positive for Rangers And I, I was slated by some of the panel And obviously I was slated by Celtic fans Saying that Neil Lennon was a Celtic man And he would do the best and I've got to sit back here and laugh now at all the, all the carry-on that's going on at Celtic Park. The fact that the, the Celtic fans are now in top of New Lennon and they're not getting in top of their players. This is the same players that won their treble treble last season. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, you, you may well turn out to be right in the fullness of time, but Brendan Rodgers didn't get Celtic into the Champions League last season either. So have you not got just a little bit, a little bit to go before you're completely vindicated in that opinion? No, I, I honestly don't think so because I think I handed Rangers a boost by appointing Neil Lennon because I don't think Neil Lennon is big enough now for the Celtic job. He maybe was a couple of years ago, but he's not big enough now and it's just going to prove it. He's getting his tactics wrong all the time now. Um, even towards the end of last season, I don't think he was that spectacular a manager. Um, a lot of the, the, the fans were saying last season on oh, Neil Lennon won the treble. Neil Lennon was only in charge for a couple of games last season. Um, he, took, he took over in February, Andrew, and I thought all I would say is, look, I can understand your your optimism, your, your optimism today, but I'd be very careful about gloating because you can only come on and say you were right if Rangers won the league, and so far that so far I, they're, they're, they've not. What I would say, I still think Celtic, despite what's happened last night, I still think Celtic are favourites. I do think they've got a better squad. If it comes down to it, they do have greater financial muscle if needed. But what I will say about this season, if Celtic slip up or if Celtic are not on it, then Rangers absolutely will take advantage this season. Rangers didn't take advantage last season. I think Celtic were there for the taking last season and Rangers didn't take advantage. But they will take advantage this season and that's the difference. But I think you're a bit early to come on and gloat and write off Neil Lennon. I, I, I don't think I'm too early to come in with him, mate. Neil Lennon's not getting no, his Have you won the league yet? Have I missed something? The Rangers won the league. We've, we've not won the league well, yet. Right, so you're too we're early. Not. By the way, you might win it, but you're too early to come on and go, Andrew. That's my point. Well, do Sorry, you broke up there. Try that again, Andrew. The line's going. Do you think that Celtic are going to beat Rangers in the league this year? I, t- I tip Celtic for, for, for the league a couple of weeks ago, but I, I do think. It's very tight For me I, I was going to take Rangers And change my mind With 24 hours to go So I think it's very tight I'll just go back To my original point I think Celtic On the driving seat They're the favourites But if they slip up Rangers will Take advantage this season But I'll still stick With Celtic at the moment Thanks Andrew Just want to try and squeeze One more in before the news Stephen's in Airdrie Stephen what's your opinion 
on what happened in the, uh, last night's game at Celtic Park. Mark, you've got to excuse Andrew. He, he's living on the eight year in a row, having a dream. You know, Neil Lennon took over last year and it was actually at one point better off at the end of the season when he took over and won the treble. But let Andrew go, because that, that's funny. Uh, going on last night's game, uh, I think there's a few decisions. One that I don't think anybody's picked up yet. The decision to play Mikey Johnson last night, I thought was shocking. They should have played Edward out in the right and Griffiths through the middle. The two of them have been scoring goals for fun and needed goals last night. They never played the fullback last night. I don't care what anybody says. That absolutely kills that boy's confidence. So it does. I personally don't think he's been that bad. A £7 million centre-half who's no fit after we've played seven competitive games. Questions have to be asked for that as well. And I think the biggest problem Neil Lennon's got now is before he was even appointed to the job, probably the 30% of Celtic fans didn't want him. And now all he's done the last night was totally bizarre. Uh, selections is put itself under pressure and Mark you said earlier on that playing Carl McGregor fullback didn't influence cost out the game the reason I disagree with that is if you look at McGregor and Christie this year the two of them are playing absolutely outstanding together and that's what you lose going forward and that's a major factor as well uh, Jim Stevens' initial point was he felt Lee Griffiths should have started up front and Odson Edward should have played wide in the left the, the, the obvious counter argument is middle to front Celtic were actually pretty good I don't expect people to care or remember because yeah. it doesn't matter no. on the night but it's true Celtic yeah. were good going forward so yeah. why would that be a yeah. problem? No, I, I don't think that, that would be the case and I think to, to, to be saying that whether it's Mikey Johnson or not but again he's, he started the season well but Celtic scored three goals last night at home. You know, we said that earlier on. And that should be enough to get through in any tie. You know, they scored a goal away from home as well. So that's an actual added bonus. So there was more than enough middle to front attacking play from Celtic um, to, to go through in the tie. But what they did lose, they lost concentration and they made basic errors. And as I said, and when you do that against a team... Who have Again Clues weren't great Defensively In yeah. either game mm-hmm. Celtic could have scored A couple of goals Away from home as well And obviously last night But They, they capitalise In any mistake Celtic made last night Listen Celtic had a bad performance It will get analysed It will be You, you know every, every fan has got Their views on it But There was The key areas last night Whether it be the goalkeeper Whether it was the Scott Browns Whether it was the centre backs Neil Lennon said Allowed too many crosses Into the box um, and not do doing their jobs properly That ultimately cost them It's a bad night And when you have a bad night in Europe You're out Okay, time for a breather Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football We've got some signing news coming up for you Rangers fans But before we do that It is Beat the Pundit Your chance to come on here and win yourself a signed ball If you can get one over on Jim Duffy Or Mark Guidi 0141 951 1025 If you fancy it, be quick You only have until the news at 7 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard As you can imagine First hour dominated by Celtic's departure From Champions League qualification last night Clearly a disappointing evening In the east end of Glasgow We've heard from Steven Gerrard On learning lessons for his team Taking on Mitchelland in a couple of days And we can tell you Rangers are very close To the signing of Leicester City midfielder Andy King On a season long loan deal as well So we'll look at that situation After we do this 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Yes, beat the pundit time Darren's a Celtic fan on the line He's been a bit down after last night But he's trying to cheer himself up By winning the sign ball Something like that, Darren, eh? Aye, yeah, definitely Quite right, good man I'm going to toss the coin heads uh, You're up against Mark Guidi And Tails, you'll be up against Jim Duffy And it's heads It's Mark Guidi against Darren uh, From Cowden Beef uh, the only problem is I don't have the beat the pundit questions That's Ooh. the beauty of live radio Mark Weedy You have to sometimes think on your feet So I'm just going to keep talking nonsense Until producer Andy comes in here And gives me the questions That, that seems fair Oh I think he's not even printed them out yet has he? Who knows He lives in Canadian time this guy Darren what did you make of the game last night then? Have you calmed down? Uh, it was tough to take It was actually Not the result we wanted But it was a good game yeah, It just didn't go our way yeah. See Darren sounds yeah, a lot calmer yeah. About this whole thing Jim Than some of the previous callers yeah, we've quite had quite philosophical I don't think there's many like Darren They say it would be a good game I think good games are generally when you win <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah I mean for anybody You know Around the country watching it They probably think Well seven goals A bit incident You know But uh, you know From Celtic fans I think they would have rather just mm. Scrape through 1-0 Right Mark Guidi I'm going to give you some Clyde 2 To make sure you can't hear us and we'll get Darren's clock up and running. Darren, you've got 30 seconds head-to-head with Mark. You can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Yeah. Let's do it. What was the final aggregate score between Celtic and Cluj? 6-4. Which English team did Jimmy Nicol play with until 1982? Birmingham. Name one of the two Scottish women's teams that have qualified for the last 32 of the Champions League. Glasgow City. What year did Alan Archibald join Partick Thistle as manager? 2012 Former Aston Villa player Glenn Whelan has joined which Scottish Premiership Arch. club? And which Northern Irish team will Rangers Colts play in the next round of the Challenge Cup? Cork okay. uh, Let's bring Mark Guidi back Mark, can you hear us? Yes You can Yes I can I What are you can. smiling at? No it was uh, You can call me Al's Jim will know Paul Simon <laughs> Just just, no, uh, just a wee smile on my face at, at, um, I wrote Stan Petros book With him whenever it was 12, 13 years ago And we were looking for a title And he came as Stilian You know Stilian Petrov And people started calling him Stan He said I like Stan I like it and that song came out I loved that song I was a, and is that where a boy the, the title and I came out and from? said I tell you what you can call me Stan and it was a take from you can call me Al so that's where I get the title from there we go, Stan Petros nice. there we go. Yeah. that's what Mark Guidi was listening to where we were playing Beat the Pundit but he's back now and he's going to give it a go you ready Mark Guidi? yes right, let's do it what was the final aggregate score between Celtic and Cluj? 5-4 Cluj which English team did Jimmy Nicol play with until 1982? Manchester United Name one of the two Scottish women's teams That have qualified for the last 32 of the Champions League In Glasgow City In what year did Alan Archibald join Partick Thistle as manager? 2014 Former Aston Villa player Glenn Whelan Has joined which Hearts. Scottish Premiership side? Uh, which Northern Irish team will Rangers Colts play In the next round of the Challenge Cup? Colrain okay. uh, You've heard the competition Darren What do you think? You rate your chances? You've done me He's done you He's done you Let's find out if he's done you First one Final aggregate score uh, Was 5-4 Mark Guidi's right Darren You've made it even worse Than it was You said it was 6-4 So it was 5-4 uh, Which English team Did Jimmy Nicol play with It was Man United So it's 2-0 Mark Guidi Name one of the two Women's teams That have qualified For the last 32 Of the Champions League Glasgow City I think you both went for them uh, You could have chosen Hibs as well So you both got it But Mark Guidi Stays two in front uh, What year 
Did Alan Archibald join Partick Thistle? It was 2013 I think you were both close But none of you got it uh, Glenn Whelan has joined Hearts So well done You both got that But unfortunately that means Mark's still two in front Darren uh, And which Northern Irish team Will Rangers Colts play In the next round of the Challenge Cup? It's Ballymena United None of you got it It doesn't matter A four for Mark Weary And a two for you Darren Hardlines No worries Thanks very much Unlucky Dan That was Darren uh, from Cowden Beef, your chance to beat the pundit at the same time tomorrow evening. Rangers fans, give us your reaction to that breaking signing news. The loan signing of Leicester midfielder Andy King is very close. What do you make of that? What do you know about him? Is midfield an area you would have strengthened or would you have gone for somewhere else? Jim Duffy. I often just thought the only, the only area, just from Rangers fans on this programme, kept saying he's the left back. That That's what they, they, they've told us that, you know, Barisic, you know, you know, still, still a little bit of concern there. Um, so either left back, possibly right back, if Tavernier gets injured because he's such a he, he's like the 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 guy that's always in the team, doesn't yeah. matter what. So, so maybe a cover there. I'm a bit surprised I've seen another midfield player because I think off the top of my head they must have at least eight in that central midfield area. So um, adding another you know experienced player, then of course. It's covering all bases, but um, a little bit surprised if he's another midfielder. Uh, Mark Guidi, I mean, he's a Welsh international. He played three. In fact, he almost played as many times for Wales last season as he did for a club side. He was in loan at Derby County. He would become Stephen Gerrard's tenth summer signing. I mean, he's got fifty Wales caps. He's clearly got a good pedigree. Ah, he's a good player. Where, where does he fit in at Rangers? Well, I don't know. He'll need to go something into the team. That that that's first uh, thing. I think he, he played a major part in the Leicester City's championship winning team under Claudio uh, Ranieri and then after that he's always going to look to try and, and get away but I agree with Jim they're kind of top heavy I think there's other areas that would, that would need strengthening but for whatever reason it obviously fits into their budget if a quality player can become available and you think right okay I know I'm top heavy midfielders but he's still a right good player to have I'm going to bring him in if that means the guy who's now seventh in the pecking order has to move out and they've got more work to do to get bodies out, then it's just up to their staff to go and chip in and get as many as they can out the door before the end of the window. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a sort of, I looked at his goals to games ratio, Jimmy's about a one in six guy, you know, for a central midfielder, that's that's okay. It's not outstanding, but it's certainly not not poor. So um, whether that's something Stephen Gerrard thinks he could bring. Yeah, I mean, he's a box-to-box midfielder. You know, but I'm saying, it's, but, you know, like so Greg Doherty, who, who you went down on loan last year and came back in uh, to Rangers, and I know there's still a, num- a number of players at Rangers, would like to move out, but it's a difficult market now because the English clubs can't take them. So, you know, where do, where do these players go if he still want to move one or two out? But listen, you know, Stephen Gerrard's looking at the, the, the squad as a whole, and he maybe just think, listen, I've got an, a, a guy, as you say, has got a... A Premiership winner's medal uh, under his belt, 50 caps as you mentioned. So, why not get a great pro? He, he, by all accounts, a terrific pro, um, great influence running about the dressing room. So, mm. maybe why not just bring him into the squad? Well, earlier on today, Stephen Gerrard was asked if he would be making any more signings during the window. I think we're very pleased with the two recognised number nines that we've got. They're both in form, they're both firing, um, both happy and in, in, a, in a great place. We have a youngster still at the moment in Zach Rudden who's just come back from a knee injury so he's part of the squad at the moment and it's very difficult to make a decision in that area because we don't know how many games we have to prepare for moving forward so we'll see how the next qualifying games go and then maybe make a decision later on in the in the window. I think we've made enough signings at the moment. We're really happy how the, the squad's shaping up. If something unique happens or changes or someone comes and takes one of my players, that could change things. Um, if there's a bargain before the window shuts, it'll have to be a real big bargain. Then 
we might go back in But at the moment Sitting here Everything's okay David's a Rangers fan From Wisher David what do you make Of that signing uh, I think it's Good experience mm-hmm. He's got a good mindset He's played As you said before With Leicester And all that But it's probably Mere, mere to do With experience as well <coughs> Excuse me <coughs> Who would be the guys That sort of lose out David do you think Is that is that a worrying sign For the The Greg Dockerties Of Of the Rangers no, I team I just think it's They'll come back and have good experience, eh, guys. And that's that's the type of guys you want, the younger ones coming up to play in the middle. But I just think that here now, I think Rangers have got good options eh, in the middle of the park and with, and obviously get guys that can score goals. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, certainly <laughs> the numbers game, you, you round some of them off and we've been through it with the wingers, with Ojo and Jones and Stewart and... Uh... And even Hasty was signed And you know There was the pursuit of Ryan Kent And so on So the numbers are Are certainly there David if you had You just listened to Stephen Gerrard there Whilst you were hanging on He doesn't seem Overly um, Desperate to, to sign any anyone else Before the window Which area would you prioritise Between now and then If you could I, I couldn't To be honest with you I just think the back's covered They've got good variations In the middle Good width And people can uh, Score goals up front whether it be the, the front two, one coming off, one coming on, there are other people that can score goals for the middle and wider areas as well. That's how I think they've got a good chance of winning the league this year. Right, how are you feeling about the bigger picture? Because we know the way this city works, uh, the coefficient, no one really cares. It all goes out the window when the rivalry comes in and the Rangers fans are delighted when Celtic get put out of Europe and vice versa. So I'm sure that's the way you're feeling tonight. What do you feel about the bigger picture going forward? I just think the variations in the middle could be a, a good uh, inkling to how the league will finish. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, the midfield battle will be, you know, uh, you know, pivotal uh, in the league title this year. Uh, Rangers fans are very happy with their midfield just now. Obviously, Davis is now, you know, the player that everyone thought he would be. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, Ojo Aribo, um, Scott Arfield has been terrific, you know, towards last season, this season again. And signing someone Andy Kent. There were so many Kamara last year When they came in Did very well So I think the Rangers fans Have got a degree of optimism Because that's an area I always felt I mean I haven't mentioned Ryan Jack Who You know Stephen yeah. Gerrard Has really been waxing lyrical about So uh, An area last year Where I always felt Celtic were much stronger mm-hmm. Than Rangers In that area I wouldn't say That would be the case this year So I think it'll be uh, that If that That battle I think will determine uh, you know, ultimately where the title could go. They still need a left back, though. I mean, if, if you're, I would say they look, but I actually like Barisic at the start, not so much. Now Andy Halliday's, you know, a really good bit of cover, but you know, he, he's not a a proper uh, left back. Left back seems to be a, a big issue uh, at the moment, all over the place. So I think you know, again, if you really want to try and really, really push the boat and say, Do you know what, we are absolutely looking as good as we can be and got as good as we can get in. I think you could try and, and get a left back But it need to be a loan deal I don't think there's really Unless Rangers sell somebody And they can't be in a mood to sell Morelos Or particularly Tavernier I think Tavernier started the, the season Outstandingly well I think he's been brilliant um, So I think if they could go and get a left back If they can find something Be a bit creative Pull something out of the hat I'm sure that Stephen Gerrard Would do everything he could To get the board to push it over the line Final word to you David I don't know about the left back I think it can be covered By two people you can push Halliday out, you can push Fl- uh, Flanagan, Flanagan, as Flanagan well, out yeah. as well, Jim. You're quite right. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, David, I, I agree there's options. 
But what I'm saying is you need you want to try and get the very best that you can get in and do Rangers have that at the moment? No, I don't think they do in that area, the pitch. You might be right, but uh, time will tell, Mark. But uh, I think they're well covered in the middle, wide areas and up front. So I hope that both teams uh, carry on in Europe as far as as far as they can, to be honest with you. So they've just played more, more games than the other, but I think uh, Rangers got enough just now to... Push on Okay thanks very much That was David And Wisher Just whilst we're talking About midfielders This one's a former Rangers midfielder Now forgive me Just a personal thing I can't really get excited About the Super Cup I must admit Not something that floats my boat Liverpool against Chelsea However Billy Gilmore is on the bench For right. Chelsea mm. And what an arena That would be Jim If Frank yeah. Lampard Just fancies <laughs> chucking him on In the second half yeah, but it's still great to see. I mean, you, you look at the embarrassment, the riches that these type of clubs have, and for a, for a young kid from Scotland, he's only been down there what a year or so to go down and manage to to get himself on the bench. Yeah, it might not be, you know, the Champions League, but it's still a very high profile game. Um, obviously, the Liverpool fans in particular. That's where uh, they, they won that uh, iconic fifth. Um, Champions League with the Steven Gerrard um, influence there so yeah brilliant for, for, for young Gilmer to, to be on the bench and uh, you know hopefully he gets, a, he gets maybe thrown on it sometime it'd be even better 141 that's the number you need to get in touch tonight if you would rather tweet uh, then you can find us at Clyde SSB let's just take a, uh, a quick look at what's coming through on Twitter, any reactions to Andy King on Twitter? Uh, Tag says we have six players for three positions in central midfield. Aribo, Kamara, Jack, Doherty, Davis and King. Arfield is now classed as an attacker, the rest are surplus, so it's not really top heavy, says Tags. Fair enough. He's got the he's doing the calculations. Mike is a Rangers fan in shots. Hi Mike. Hello there, how are you? Good thanks, Mike. What's on your mind tonight? Right, it's it's I've got a couple of points. Um First off, there um, regarding the Celtic game last night, I'm a Rangers fan, but um, I, I honestly believe that Bolly Bolingoli is um, a better left back, playing as badly as he is, than uh, McGregor is. When uh, I, you know, I think he should have been used in midfield or something like that, you know. But um, that, that was my point on that part. And the other point is, I believe Neil Lennon. I don't want to kick anybody, you know, when he's down, but I believe Neil Lennon. Um, was the cheap option, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, he's on a rolling contract. He's not on a, probably on enough money, but not a great deal of money. If they'd have got in some the likes of David Moyes or some of the other people that had been manded about, they would have needed maybe a two or three, four-year contract. So, I believe um, he's kind of been hung out to dry, if you like. Um, he's not uh, um, what most of the Celtic fans would have liked. Don't get me wrong, I hope he's there for the next five or six years. Um, because you know, he, he's, he's, um, he proved last night and he's proved against uh, other teams um, in Europe, uh, in the league last, uh, you know, last year, etc. That is, is lacking in, um, in some parts of uh, uh, his managerial uh, studies, basically. So I don't know. I mean, that, that is my, opin- you know, my opinion. All right, let's put it to Mark Greedy. Uh, was he the cheap shop, cheap option? I don't know Neil Lennon's salary in terms of a one-year rolling deal, Mike. It's it's, it's kind of the norm. I know Celtic kind of broke with that when it was Brendan Rodgers. And it was going exceptionally well after his first treble and getting into the Champions League. But it's really Jim will tell you more than me. It's not about the length of your contract: two, three, four, five, six years. Um, you know, it's about the exit plan. It's about what it costs to when the event, the club eventually wants to to sack you. That's what it comes down to. So uh, I wouldn't need too much into one year rolling contract. The Neil Lennon situation was he was given the job when Brendan Rodgers left, 
And he Yeah he won He got Celtic over the line He won the Champions Had Neil Lennon not won The Scottish Cup against Hearts I don't think he would have Been offered the job I think Celtic would have Had to look elsewhere But he was in the driving seat He won the Scottish Cup And I think it would have been Very very harsh on Neil Lennon From them not to have been Offered the job Whether you agree with the decision Whether you think he's good enough Whether you think it should have been Davy Moyes Or it should have been mm. Stevie Clark Or whoever Neil Lennon's in the position now But I wouldn't say it's He's a cheap option I think that's unfair It's doing him a disservice Because he is a very Very good manager Yeah, I think that uh, You know Modern day Social media Interest And also You know Results as you go into a club Can be pivotal When you get the job Look at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer He went in there The first was at Seven or eight games yeah. They were flying They were scoring goals Almost every man You fan to a, to a man Or a woman Was saying Give Ole the job All the, all the ex-players oh, Ole's got to get the job He gets in the job doesn't do quite so well towards the end of the season and then it's like oh I'm not sure if he should be the guy because he didn't have a lot of experience and straight away there, there, there's a you know a debate on whether he's the right guy and I think it's a little bit similar to you know Neil Lennon he went in he had a job to do won the title he won it won the cup he won it I think the vast majority of Celtic fans at that time I think would have went yeah give Neil Lennon the job a bad result last night one bad result I mean they've, they've been scoring goals for fun you know, the Celtic fans I've been talking to are saying that they're actually playing a, a, a more, um, you know, not not so much slower, quicker football. Yeah. And, you know, whereas under Brendan Rodgers, a little bit more, you know, control of the game. But Celtic were on the front foot, exciting football. But last mm. night almost seems to have taken all of that away. Um, Mike's obviously got his views as, as a Rangers fan. But uh, for me, I, I think you've got to balance things out over a period of time. And up until now, Neil Lennon's probably two bad results. One against Rangers. When, yeah. the, when the league was, was won And last night yeah. rest, The rest of the time He's done his job Right I'm afraid we're out of time Thank you Mike and Shots Give us a call back sometime We need to move on And we've got a full time teaser Coming up for you too Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here Still plenty of time to get in touch with them Let them know what you made of Celtic's performance And European exit last night Or Champions League exit I should say What do you make of Andy King's loan move to Rangers uh, Maybe thoughts ahead of Mitchell and on Thursday uh, Anything else that may be on your mind Give us a call or tweet us at Clyde SSB Let's get the full-time teaser up and running For you all to join in with the pundits uh, Full-time at Clyde1.com that's the address you need to get in touch with If you've got a question that you would like to hear used on the show Full time at Clyde1.com That's what Eric did today, Eric Duff And he sent this one and he says Who are the nine players Who've played for either Celtic or Rangers And have also played against Liverpool In an FA Cup final since 1977 So can you name the nine players Who've played for either Celtic or Rangers and have played against Liverpool in an FA Cup final since 1977. It's a very specific uh, question. Du- Duncan Ferguson? No. Uh, I'll try uh, Paul Ryder. Uh, no. Um, I think. James B? No. Hmm. No need to think. Alright, give us a couple of minutes to you. Right, you lot get involved on Twitter Let's see if you can get the answers quicker than Jim and Mark I'm pretty sure you will uh, Who are the nine players who've played for either Celtic or Rangers And have also played against Liverpool In an FA Cup final since 1977 Let's speak to Tam and Clyde Bank Hi Tam Hi, good evening guys, how are you all doing, alright? Yes Tam, how are you? Uh, 
Nah, I know bad, no bad. Listen to that sh- uh, the show up to the now, and obviously I've seen the match last night, and uh, I'll tell you, all right, there's a lot of people sliding Celtic and all that, and, and, and having a go at them and whatever, but personally, last night, when especially the second half, right, we'll not we'll no talk about the first half, when Celtic came out of the traps for the second half, I thought to myself, and especially the goals they scored, going through the middle to front, the movement, the slick passing, the tempo, the high tempo. Because I was at, the, I was at the, the Motherwell game there, I was at St. Johnson game there. I'm not joking, they were sleepwalking in the, in the one-day games. Last night, the tempo, the slick passing, the moves and the goals were top drawer, right? Unfortunately, as we all saw, we couldn't keep the back door locked. But the way they went forward last night, we are cutting edge to it. Was was excellent, but at the end of the day, you can't lose goals and a second, a second tie, a European tie at Parkhead, and they did. Uh, the big boy Julian and the boy Ball and Goalie. Uh, I don't know if anybody spotted it there at the weekend uh, against Motherwell when, when Big Julian got a start and the final whistle went and Neil Lennon came onto the park and the way the cameras were going round the park and it shows you flashes of the supporters etc. And or in the stadium and whatever. Neil Lennon went to shake his hand and he blanked him. He drew his hand away. For whatever reason. I don't know. It's no I've not heard any gossip about it. But he went he, he was going around congratulating other players and he went to shake Big Julian's hand and the big man just gave him a body swerve. Uh, the listen. ball and goalie the ball and goalie fella. I do people are slating him. I've met a number of Celtic supporters on my travels here. And people are slating him. I actually think he's done no bad. He's made a couple of a, a wee bit of nerves, a wee couple of mistakes here and there. But he looks quite good in the ball. He looks quite comfortable getting up and down the left. Uh, he looks an attack-minded fullback. I think gain, 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 he, he needs to settle, settle in a wee bit of time, and he, I think he can come good. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, come let me good. put your first point to Jim Duffy. Tam, Jim, explain how this works. At, you know, in, in a dressing room when you're when you're sort of doing the debrief because. What's these cliches that we always hear from you guys? Uh, you win as a team and you lose yeah. as a team. All that you defend from the front. Is there ever a point though when there's a stark realization amongst everyone that Celtic going forward last night? I mean, Edward was actually really good. Ryan Christie was really good. James Forrest was really good. But my word, contrast that to, to what happened at the back. Will, will these guys? Will they feel a bit of frustration at the the, the players behind them, or is, is that genuinely not the way it works? No, sometimes it will work like that because obviously if, if, if a certain department does its job, then, you know, it's every likelihood that one or two Celtic players might be anywhere like that. We've scored three goals here. You know, we've lost too many goals at the back. We've made too many mistakes. Sometimes that happens. It's natural because like, like supporters do. And sometimes the manager might say that as well. But again, as I said, I think that, uh, you know, the midfield would take a share of responsibility as well because their job is to try and break up the play, not just create, but... As I said at the very start, Gordon, I still think when you score three goals away from home, that should be enough. Sorry, three goals at home, it should be enough to win the tie. But I just think that it's the balance of the team. I mean, everyone's going on about you know whether it's the, you know the full backs and stuff, but I think that um, you've got to stop them playing as well. It's not just about on the ball. You've got to break up the play. And I think over the last couple of um, times in, in Europe, Celtic have been a little bit. You know, maybe maybe not ruthless enough, or maybe not cynical enough, even at times. But I think if you look at just about all of the the top teams, I mean, Manchester City this year have just signed sixty odd million on a holding defensive yeah. midfielder. Rodri. 
Yeah, mm. you know, Liverpool, etc. They've all, they've all, they've all wanted these top players to try and sit. I mean, McTominay the other day, they're even Manchester mm. United against against um, Chelsea, so, so on and so forth. And Celtic, if Scott Brown's not his very best, maybe don't have that other type of player. And I think that's one area that in Europe you need you need someone who can break the play up. Even if it is a tad cynical at times uh, Let's hear from Ryan Christie He says they should have been more street smart Against Cluj last night He says the whole squad is devastated He says they should have had enough to see off the Romanians And admits he thought they had done it when he scored to make it 3-2 Can't really concede four goals in Champions League football And expect to go through So especially at home I think going into the game with a, you know one run after the away game We need to be kind of more street smart Especially going up twice in the game And not really managing to see it out Um it's a kind of very bitter pill to swallow so early in the season. Everybody was absolutely devastated. And that's just because, you know, everyone wants to play Champions League football at this club. Everyone thinks we deserve to be there, but like I said, you, you can't really concede four goals at home and expect to go through. We had 11 players on the park that should be able to beat Cluj at home, that's simple. Um, we've not done that, so for me, I don't think it's anything to do with tactics or individual errors, anything like that. It's a collective, and over 90 minutes, we weren't good enough. As soon as it went 3-2, I thought it should definitely be the game over now. And then as a collective, we don't, I don't think we really switched on and realised that, that, you know, it's only kind of 13 minutes of just good solid defensive work as a team and you're through you know you just need to recognise that in these kind of games of the importance and when you're ahead just you know kind of play simple football and make sure you're tracking runners and all the kind of simple things of the game and that should get you over the line um, again we didn't do it uh, Tam something we've not really done is is look forward I mean Dunfermline at the weekend of course on paper that goes down as a a tie that Celtic should win comfortably how confident are you that the squad won't be derailed by this? There won't be any sort of European hangover going forward. No, I don't. I think they'll beat them fairly comfortably at the weekend. However, uh, as regards now, realistically, realistically, you're right. As regards getting into the Champions League, maybe this, maybe this is a wee blessing in disguise. That's the way I try to look at things like this. Right, you get into that Champions League. Let's get real here. They'll pop. They'll be in pot four. They'll get. They'll get all the big guns again. There's a good chance here. If they went into that Champions League, they'll finish bottom of the section. They'll get battered four, five, six, nothing. We'll get humiliated. And the only bonus out of this year is what is it? Fifteen million, twenty million, twenty-five million. Thirty. They get thirty is it up in the right? I was looking on the internet about the UEFA prize money. It says fifteen million, but. Gate receipts and commercial spin-offs, etc. Yeah. Thirty million, right? Thirty million, truthfully, to sit round the board with Big Peter and the board members and split it all up and say three million to you, three million to you, four million to me, four million to me. Naturally, the way it works, Tom. Well, you know what I mean. And then, then they stick a couple of bob in the pot to buy. An unknown player Right but Tam You would rather have it than not I admire your optimism Going forward But I don't think You can somehow spin Champions League exit As being being a good thing Every player at Celtic Have sold for huge sums of money Over the last 10 years Have been an unknown player Van Dyke, No one heard of Van Dyke, One yammer Go back all the way back To Henrik Larsson You know I mean uh, Dembele You know last year You know Edward this year They've not sold them But They were all unheard of players They, They weren't household names so I think that you've been very harsh on on uh, the, the, the Celtic uh, recruitment process in that situation. You don't always get it right, but they have made some massive profits on players. But the other side of it, you know, yeah, you might be right in some aspects of 
I mean, maybe, maybe the Champions League might have been a step too far, but I f- believe me, I think all the Celtic uh, fans, I think the majority, the players definitely and the management wanted to be there. The one thing I think it could affect him is not playing on a Wednesday because if it is a tight title race, Celtic would then be playing the Saturday. So they've been playing before Rangers all the time with Rangers yeah. in the Europa League, yeah. which which always gives you an advantage. Because even if you lose, Rangers have still got to take advantage of that. But if you win, it's always putting the pressure on Rangers. The fact that they're not playing, mm. in the, they'll be playing the same day now. Yeah, they might still be different times, I get yeah. that. But playing in the same day might might help Rangers a little bit. That's the thing that will be interesting, Mark Guidi. Um, not, that, not that we're being selfish, just means I'll need to work a Sunday, as we did. <laughs> as we did seven all, day uh, week, Gordon, all seven day week. More than used to that. Um, but this is where we are hoping that they both make it. Of course we are, because we need as many of our teams doing well yeah. as Europe as possible. If one of them were to not make it, then it, act, it does what, what Jim just says. It actually changes the dynamic of the title race because one of them would be constantly uh, playing catch up. Yeah, I mean it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how it unfolds um, between now and uh, August. Was it August twenty eighth? Uh, is it Thursday night where it all finishes off? Uh, is that right? Twenty eighth. Um, think so. Uh, providing Rangers get through tomorrow night, which I think Rangers will, there won't be a problem. So they're both going into the final playoff round. I think Gordon, depending what happens. Uh, you can you can flip a positive to, to, to either way Tam So Celtic stroke Rangers One of them gets in it They say great We've got about 10 million quid Coming into the coffers If some of our players do well On a European stage It enhances our transfer market value All the positive go with it Downside We're playing on a Sunday Upside We've got more games We're carrying a huge squad And it keeps players ticking over Keeps players happy Because they know I'm not playing on Saturday But I'm playing on mm. Thursday Or vice versa If you do That's if you do get in If you don't get in You can say We've lost 10 million quid But We now just focus on either Trying to win 9 in a row Or try to stop 9 in a row And we go Saturday to Saturday Saturday to Saturday We have got 33 cup finals to go So whatever way it works You can flip it into a positive I, mean, I, I do get that Especially in, in the current climate Because one team's chasing nine Another one's trying to stop nine Of course But surely we're not at a level Where any of our clubs Can turn their nose up At European no, competition No you, you want to get in Ultimately Celtic Rangers Both want to get into the Europa League For a number of reasons But what I'm saying is If there's a negative And one of them don't, to, to don't okay. It allows you to, to flip it into a positive As long as the end result Come May What's in, what's mm. in your favour Alright tonight's teaser Just to, to revisit it I don't think we've revisited it yet Eric sent the question in The nine players Who've played for either Rangers or Celtic And have also Played against Liverpool In an FA Cup final Since 77 I don't think you've got any yet well, I think I might have One Go can, Well two maybe Can Chelsea's? No Ian Wright No right, I'll go right back Because obviously 77 significance. So I'll go Jimmy Nicol Yes him tonight. Well done and What about either Stevens yes. Trevor Stevens Or Gary Stevens you want Try both? Both. 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 Yeah. Andy Gray? No. Uh, Paul Telfer? No. Brian McClare? No. A... Brian Loudrup? No. Mm, Malky McKay? No. <laughs> so what have we got? Two, Wimbledon, three. anybody? Wimbledon, Sunderland, no. West Ham? No. There's a few You've uh, then you Maybe one of those clubs You just Chelsea. mentioned uh, Jimmy Nicol Gary Stevens Trevor Steven So you've mm. got three of the nine Think Fine. of some of the big name players Who perhaps came up here Towards the end of their Lundberg, career Lundberg Freddie Lundberg Yes But Arsenal 2001 I'll leave you with that clue Polo Turi. No I'll leave you with that clue And we'll get back to okay. it next 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy are here. It's the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lots of passionate reaction coming into Celtic's defeat against Cluj last night. Uh, the guys have been a bit calmer on the old full time teaser because they have to be. They've got some answers to come up with. Who are the nine players who've played for either Rangers or Celtic? And have also played against Liverpool in an FA Cup final since 77. So you've got Jimmy Nickel for Man United in 77. You've got Gary Stevens and Trevor Stephen, both for Everton. And you've got Freddie Junberg for Arsenal in 2001. Roy Keane. Yes, Man United, 96. Is that not the old white suits? Jamie no, Redknapp, etc. Turning yeah, up in, in the white suits. David James's team. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, You'd never have gone for that in your JDM, would you? White suit. Back to Mary Hill after the game in your white suit. You'd have got yeah, hunted. That that that'd have been quite funny, I think. It's uh, and then who was the other one? Was it was it Romania? Was it no Dan Petrescu we thought about him obviously? Oh, yeah, yeah, bleached hair, wasn't it? Or the, 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 the blonde hair, hair. the old government, aye. Mm-hmm. The blonde hair. Looking like a, an old Gordon DL. Two, three, four, five. So we've got four to get. Yes. Oh, sorry, Andy Flo? No. Oh, Brian McLean. No. Uh, yeah. played against Liverpool. Is there another Everton player in there? Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah, it's not helping, Gordon. Sorry. <laughs> Get uh, the collars on. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, Alan is in Rosyth. Hi, Alan. Hi, Gordon. How are you doing? First time caller, so go easy on me. I've been listening to the show for many years. So, did last night just tip you over the edge, Alan? Is that what you're telling us? Last night has certainly tipped me over the edge. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting one. It's what I'd like to put to Jim as a manager. Uh, but also take uh, a bit umbrage with, with, with Mark's statement about it not being the manager's fault for the defeat. Uh, you score a goal with 11 minutes to go in probably the most important game of your season. What do you do as a manager, Jim? Well, it depends on the score. What, what, what are you referring to? The fact that it's... Well, you're, you're, when Celtic allowed, went back in front, yeah, I think yeah, it's... Yeah. Celtic went back 3-2. You're, but you're allowed 3-2 up. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. Jim... You can defend. Yeah, you defend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most managers, I think, uh, would probably sacrifice if they have the option, sacrifice a flair player or a forward player for either a defensive-minded player or a defender. That that that's what you know is normally normally again a rule of thumb. Is that what you're trying to say, Alan? You felt because I, I know I spoke to to Mark Wilson earlier on. He was at the game. He felt like even when Celtic went in front, they were just very open, still very open. Uh, you, you could have knocked me down with a feather. I said to the two people on my right and my left, now what he has to do is shore up the defence, bring on another centre-half or big near beat on and maybe take off Christie or Forrest or, or even, <laughs> even Morgan who he had brought on. You know, do the double substitution. But what you don't do is allow them to score again. So you go three big centre-halves, both full backs falling in, and then you counter attack that team. And I just found that decision when you is so so naive. Mark Guidi, Hugh Keevans used to call uh, Hibs under Neil Lennon the Edinburgh Festival because uh-huh. they would score a lot, but my goodness, they'd concede a lot as well. And you never quite knew it was just a case of hoping you, you outscored the opponents. Last night, I'm not yeah. saying that that's always a feature of Neil Lennon. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, it had that feel about it. Yeah, well, I think. The three of us were in the studio last Wednesday night And the first leg was take place And within five minutes the three of us said By God this is open There's going to be goals girl. I thought there'd be more than, than one each And it turned out all the goals came last night So I think they were both very open teams It just seemed to kind of suit them And they both got into that rhythm of uh, Just you have a go at me And me have a go at you And it could have been ten each in aggregate I mean you think Clues missed a couple of sitters in the first leg um, 
as well Just yeah I mean Alan The game management Wasn't good enough From Celtic You get into the lead twice After the fright of the first half Particularly when you get to 3-2 where you've got you know, 10, 11, 12 minutes to go Yeah you do find a way Of showing it up Is it all down to Neil Lennon I don't know exactly What he did or didn't do In that final 10 minutes So I, I generally couldn't answer it Just overall though the players on the pitch are experienced enough to just go and say, let's be compact, let's not take any chances. As I always say, my criticism of Brendan Rodgers was I don't think he was aggressive enough in their defending. I think they kind of accepted losing goals too easily and that really annoyed me. Rose edit, and I don't know if Celtic did Rose edit <laughs> last night at any point, but yeah, the game mm. management, you're right, collectively wasn't good enough Chad, for it seems like months. It seems like conceding soft goals in Europe for Celtic yeah. is transcending managers. Yeah. You know, it's alright saying that, well, that was Brendan Rodgers' yeah. fault, but... As long as I can remember yeah. Celtic tend to lose Soft goals in yeah, Europe I mean Matt said, mentioned We're happy old Beersheba You know away from home And you know Everyone's biting their fingernails After being so comfortably ahead In the tie And obviously there has been You know Going back um, 10 years You know 5-4 games And all these kind of things But I think like, Last night Yeah I mean I was at Callum McGregor That said the other on That you know Maybe just not enough streetwise And that's what What I was saying the other on Maybe a wee bit cynical You know You have to get into that mentality Of Europe Where you spoil the game you slow the game down, you stop. I mean, we, we had the guys on our own, it was a fantastic second half in terms of the team. But once you've got that, then you've got mm. to then just calm the thoughts down and say, right, slow the game down. Because that's what Clues then did when yeah, they got in front. I mean, the time wasting was yeah, unbelievable. Celtic's then to. got to do that. They've got to play it like an away tie almost. We're one in three, two, we're through. Just kill a tie. Walk to the ball, slow it down, give away fouls, you know, stand on. And all these things that Scottish fans want to do, and a lot of Celtic fans are like, no, that's not the Celtic way. We don't want to do that. But if you want to get through in Europe, sometimes you have to be cynical and just get through the tie. And I, I think maybe Celtic were caught up in that adrenaline of playing well at that time and think, yeah, we'll kill it now. We'll go four two, and that'll put the tie to bed. And unfortunately, Alan said get um, get picked off. I, I agree. I think near Beaton would have been a good option last night. Sit either in amongst the the, the, the two centre backs or just in front. But just make sure you don't lose a goal, Alan. Yeah, and then, and then basically you're doing doing to them what they're doing to you. You counterattack yeah. them, Jim. Yeah, I yeah. think we would have scored again if we would have brought that on. I think that everybody in the stadium would have bought into it. That's us through now. Now let the, bring them on, which they're not comfortable doing, and then we'll counterattack them with, with, with like Edward and Forrest. Well, they would have had to have chased the game because they were out the tie. Yeah, but you know, with Celtic yeah. going for it, still going for it, if you want to call it that, they almost you know just as Mark said, made the games that open that they just well they'll be a, we'll get a chance somewhere. Whereas I think when teams get behind the ball, if you get nine, ten men behind the ball, which happens to Celtic a lot <laughs> domestically, you know yeah. sometimes it can frustrate. You know you, you think well how do we break this down? And 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 if there's only ten minutes to go, invariably somebody will just lump the ball into the box. And if you've got three big guys in there, they'll deal with that all day. Listen, in hindsight, all these things are easier. You're caught up in the, in the match You're caught up in the adrenaline of the match And the players As Callum McGregor said Were maybe just You know Maybe not Didn't manage the game But I don't just believe That you should just Boot the ball away Or boot it in Because Celtic have enough good players To control the ball And calm the game down But I think you can be A little bit more streetwise Yeah At the end of the day It's the manager That makes that decision No job the, well, the, game, the game's going on You can make the decision With the substitutions But the game's going on and, and as I said And sometimes With the best one in the world The manager can be saying To the player Like take your time Calm it down But the players are just Caught up in it And you know Maybe that's just One of the reasons And I get it It's not to have really To have a go at the guys To emphasise the importance of them When Scott Brown is off it mm. As he was last night It'll be the first to admit it 
Oh, he yeah. can manage it on the pitch And when he's not their manager It's just a sign of How much he was missed mm-hmm. uh, Alan where does Celtic go from here then We've had a wide range of opinions tonight For some it's doom and gloom And they, they, you know, they can't see things getting better uh, For others they take it in the chin They qualify for the Europa League And they go and win nine in a row what, what, How do you see the next couple of weeks panning out? It's a very interesting one for me uh, Gordon to, to be honest with you the be-all and end-all for the issue and a lot of the pundits is for Celtic to win nine in a row and give us a chance to win ten. If that means sacrificing playing in the Europa League, a tournament that, in my opinion, we can't win, uh, so, so be it. If that means that they, we then do play on a Saturday instead of playing on Sundays and things like that. The League Cup, the Scottish Cup, none of these tournaments are important. But winning nine in a row and winning the league is ultimately really, really important to Celtic this year. But it's, it's, in my opinion, it's the biggest year Celtic have ever had. Well, I mean that, that certainly it's a big call. You can you can see why. And then when you bring this this Saturday around, right? Everyone in this part of the world will be thinking it's only it's only Dunfermline. It's mm-hmm. only Dunfermline at home. Neil Lennon in his first spell at Celtic got knocked out of the League Cup at home mm-hmm. by Morton. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that makes it likely. But mm-hmm. it's certainly a danger And my goodness can you, You've heard the phone lines tonight Can you imagine That that was to happen At the weekend In the back of this oh, So they'll have to be Right back at yeah, it Yeah he'll have to Put his strongest 11 Which he probably Wouldn't want to do But he'll need to Put his, his strongest 11 You can't take any chances uh, You're telling me It's not an old um, uh, A season ticket game Gordon So you know You'll be lucky If there's 20,000 there On Saturday to see the game So Celtic need to go And do it on their own You know need to go And lift it And, and get things going Alan, that was your first time, wasn't that bad? You give us a call back sometime? Very much so, thanks very Good much man. guys Alan. That was Alan in Rasyth there, that'll be the last call I think I don't think we'll squeeze any more in um, Just quickly, a couple of other pieces of news Glenn Whelan signed for Hearts today we, I mean this is proper last ditch stuff But we need yeah. to give it a mention yeah. yeah I mean I think that's a really good signing for, for Hearts I think he's a very experienced player Played at a really good level And seems to be a guy that plays a lot of games Which I think is important yeah, as well he played over 30 games for yeah. Aston Villa yeah. As they yeah. got promoted to, right to the Premiership so I, last I think season that's, I think that's a really good signing I think Hearts need someone Somebody to give him a little bit of lift I know he's not a flair player But he is a top player yeah, it certainly looks like a good one on paper Let, Let's leave it there just because we are so short on time And we need to round off the teaser Now teaser. remember, the full time teaser works like this You send the questions to us And we try and test the pundits in the second hour of the show If you like the sound of it And you want to hear your question on air We'd love to have it So send it over please to fulltime at Clyde1.com Tonight Eric sent the nine players Who've played for either Rangers or Celtic And have also played against Liverpool In an FA Cup final since 1977 Jimmy Nicol, Gary Stevens, Trevor Stephen Roy Keane, Freddie Unberg A couple more to go Is there a goalie in there? No mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Thompson? No Thomas Gravison? No I'm going to go for the two old go stalwarts Davy Lee and Alan Stubbs? No Yuri Yanisic? No I'm toiling then Right okay well, Let's do clues uh, This one Came up here And Had a very successful time As a Rangers midfielder He previously played for Everton <laughs> Went on to be Motherwell manager Oh Stuart McCall uh-huh. Good shoot yeah, Stuart McCall This guy Towards the end of his International career Became best known For having his name Shouted in a German accent By Bertie Vox oh, In Daly the tunnel for West Ham that year, <laughs> Do I give us the impression? No no, anyway. I was there that night But no I won't do it um, What we got uh, Right the Man United team 77 And me Jimmy Nick Yeah. Uh, oh god Lou McCary Yes oh, Jim Duffy shout Well done 
And the last one Played for Sunderland In 92 what, Against Graham Souness' team It's no Alec Ray and he pl- No no 92 And he played for Celtic 92 What position Oh 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 oh, 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 oh. Andy Payton no, no, There's no, like no, a no, private no, no. clue here But that doesn't work Because we've got a listening audience But we were talking about him On Friday morning Mark Guidi oh, Alright there you go Used oh, to sort it out Used to I need to tell you Anton Rogan Oh Anton Rogan Right thanks Never We're back that. tomorrow When Stephen Mill is up next One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.